to Confessions of an Eco Warrior, the podcast which explores the possibilities, challenges and contradictions of attempting to reduce our impact on the planet. I'm Becky. And I'm Mac. And this week we are talking about Christmas and gifting and the impact that the holiday season has on the environment. Because after all, there's only 39 sleeps till Christmas. Which is really exciting because it's my favourite time of year and it's time to crack out the awful Hallmark and Netflix films that have the same montage of New York City for every opening. (laughs) And the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Muppets Christmas Carol, Michael Caine's best performance of his life. I mean, it's it's a good film, but I'm not sure it warrants the prize of best Christmas film. There's so many strong contenders. It's so good. I'm singing the songs in July. I'm talking about it in the spring. All year round. Love it. Okay, Love it. well, I think we'll have to agree to disagree on that. But first, we have to talk about our eco-fails. Okay, I think you're going first this week, right? Yes, that's right. My eco-fail this week is how to move well or not being able to move well with the environment in mind. You would have seen on our stories this morning um, at Eco Warrior Podcast um, via Instagram that we are recording this episode in uh, my new house, um, which is lovely. It's beautiful. (laughs) But trying to move and consider the environment and not throw too much stuff away and not generate too much rubbish that can't be recycled, etc. Um, and also all the like toxic cleaning products that you might use. It really filled me with quite a lot of stress. I think our previous episode was actually really helpful and informative for me. So thank you, Matt. Yeah, so it was nice that you texted me about it. Yeah. Saying like, oh, I'm thinking about our own content while doing this. Exactly. And so I was definitely more mindful. So I think in previous moves, I'll be honest, I probably would have just like thrown everything out. Being mm-hmm. like, I haven't haven't used this in a year. I haven't worn this in a, in a year. It's going in the bin. Whereas this time, I was definitely very conscious about saying, okay, I could use this again. Is this going to come in handy? I don't have to throw out everything I own just because I'm moving. Nice. That was really good. But we did still generate like actually I would say if we're moving an entire house that two people have lived in for kind of four years I think we probably only generated maybe like two black bags worth of of rubbish which I don't know how to compare myself to others for that but I kind of feel like that that's not Mm -hmm. an insane amount but yeah it's just there's nothing really out there that kind of helps you yeah that's true actually well I don't yeah I've not seen any well there must be blogs I guess and maybe some content but it's not something I've readily noticed at any point yeah and I guess it's not something you think about until it's happening it's usually a really stressful period yeah yeah that's a good eco worry and fail to talk about because lots of people will experience this yeah exactly so if anyone's got any tips feel free to pass them on to us so Mac what is your eco fail this week oh mine's going mine's an eco worry I've gone for this week and the scale of this is enormous I worry about the scale of the climate emergency and it can often make me feel on edge and I have to almost I guess like the current political climate you almost want to escape that and not, not read about it and not look at it I educated myself, I wanted to know more about it, so I did a master's in climate change, even though science and that's geography and Mm -hmm. stuff is not my background at all, but sometimes I just feel so hopeless and I just hope that people listening to this feel can maybe resonate with them, that they feel like this fear and they don't really know what to do about it. And I guess through this podcast, we're trying not to be bystanders, like absolutely there's large corporations that are that need to be doing more and this huge structural change that needs to happen but I don't want to stand by and know that I've been contributing um, and not been more actively pursuing an environmentally friendly lifestyle but really there's no end to my worry it's just this is my worry I worry about the climate 
Yeah, and I think it's interesting you say that because I was randomly uh, listening to Radio 1 one evening driving home and they had their kind of is it a life packs clinic or whatever okay. they have. And uh, one of the call-ins that they had was from somebody who was feeling overwhelmed wow. by kind of the state of the climate and the environment. And they were trying to kind of give advice about like not letting that anxiety you know come over you yeah and I've also had friends who have been kind of really into it and actually found that it's been so all-consuming mm-hmm. that they feel like they have to kind of completely detach from it almost yes take a back step and then that can end up making you feel worse in a way and you're not then doing all that you can so you have to kind of find a balance because you still have to live your life I suppose it's like a lot of other it's like grief and other strong emotions and things that you can ha- feel a lack of control over. Yeah. Like you have to distance yourself or detach from them or find a level of acceptance or do what you can to deal with it at the time. But yeah, yeah it's just a big thing. And I'm hoping that by admitting that I spend a lot of time worrying about this stuff, this maybe resonates with other people. And thank you for listening to our podcast because this is part of the reason why we wanted to do this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so after that very sombre note... <laughs> We are now going to move into talking about Christmas. So as I've already said, Christmas is one of my favourite times of year. I live away from home, as does Mac. Mm. Um, So for me personally, it's the one time of year I get together with my family. Also working in the health sector, it's one of the very few job perks that there are lots of Christmas parties to go to. Uh, So I already have a full social calendar for December, which I'm trying not to buy new clothes for. Nice. Which is really hard, but I'm trying really hard. (laughs) We are going to give you some facts, however, about how kind of Christmas and gifting the impact that that really has on the environment. And actually, it's really startling. Yeah, I love it when you hit us with the facts. Exactly, on, yeah, yeah. But first, I thought I'd ask, what's the worst present that you've ever received at Christmas? <laughs> this is such an awkward question because you don't want to sound like, yeah, we'll, get, we'll come so on to great the <laughs> We, uh, yeah, uh, it was a difficult question anyway because I could instantly felt I've definitely received a lot of gifts over the years, and I think most people do. Otherwise, I don't know what's happening in amongst your friends and family of things that you don't end up using or mm-hmm. didn't really need. And there's all kinds of stories you can have, but you don't want to offend anyone. Anyway, we're going to get into that. My guess, the one I can think of is a few years ago we actually, and I'll tell you more about this as well later. But we've now we don't really do Christmas presents at all. Mm-hmm. We don't give them. We ask people not to give them to us. But I, there was one friend I'd forgotten to tell, and he gave us gifts, like me and my partner, um, and he bought us inflatable swords. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like, Why oh, not? so now you can battle in the flat. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why do I want these? Like, and it was sort of, out of all of the people that we've told not to get us anything, we've ended up with the, the most, most pointless gift imaginable. That's so funny. And I really, even before all of this, I'm just not a novelty person. Mm-hmm. Like, that sort of stuff that just never gets used and sits there and is funny for the instant moment you open it and then that's it. It's just not up my street at all. Yeah, so when you asked me, that was the first thing that came to mind. Ah, that's really funny actually because uh, that comes a little bit into talking about gifting a bit more general, Mm. is that one man's rubbish or one person's (laughs) rubbish rather is another person's treasure. And (laughs) My husband is the kind of man who would want to duel around the house with inflatable swords so while it is a really rubbish present um yeah there's some people that would love it that's a really interesting point because i assume that it's pointless for everyone but you're right you're right i mean it is pointless absolutely (laughs) um but yeah that's the kind of guy my husband is love it so uh yeah and that's something about knowing your audience which we can talk about more when uh we go into the concept of gift giving well what's my worst present one year uh i got a present of a family member who probably will never listen to this so but I won't say which family member it was and 
I got two things from them that year. One of them was a men's Playboy fragrance set, <laughs> complete with deodorant spray and a uh, horrendous fragrance. So Playboy. I couldn't even, yeah, I couldn't even palm it off on one of my brothers. Like, it was horrendous. Playboy. Exactly. I'm like, who is she buying this for? <laughs> even if it was for a male relative. I mean, who buys their relative a Playboy fragrance set? Anyway. And then, to make it even better, my brother and I, my middle brother and I, got dressing gowns off the same person. And... I received a black dressing gown with the Guinness symbol on it. <laughs> and my brother received a pink dressing gown that was definitely for a very slim person. So absolutely not for me. So they, there's no way that they could have, you know, quite a curvy person. So they couldn't have mixed them up. So yeah, I got a Playboy fragrance set and a Guinness dressing gown. Do you drink Guinness? No. Nope. <laughs> so those were two of my worst gifts that I was obviously not able to re-gift either. So now I'm going to hit you with some of the facts. Love it. We, as a nation, spend £700 million on unwanted presents each year. I mean, considering the state of the high street, you know, the challenges with the economy, the pressure that people must feel to buy gifts for others, and the fact that we waste £700 million on these novelty or random or just unwanted items is insane. Yeah, that's staggering. Because, you know, lots of people don't have that money to spend. It's unbelievable. And, and, and the waste does not stop here. We actually waste... Six million Christmas trees every year. Makes me sad. Two million turkeys. Makes me more sad. 74 million mince pies. What's going on there? Why I mean, why are they wasting them? them? <laughs> I mean, I could eat a good portion of those. I'm obviously not eating enough mince pies. This is the message. Eat more mince pies. 17.2 million Brussels sprouts. Come on, love a Brussels. And I found an interesting fact that goes along with this. These 17.2 million Brussels sprouts could actually, if the food was turned into energy, could power a home for three years. That's insane. Off those 17.2 million Brussels sprouts. That's a concept I can't get my head around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mad. And finally, uh, we waste 1 billion Christmas cards and 300 million plastic cups and straws, specifically at the Christmas or holiday period, because our landfill waste generation goes up by 30% just over the Christmas period. Wow. It's just, yeah, that is what, I mean, the 1 billion Christmas cards gets to me. And I just think that that's not the kind of thing that we associate with Christmas, I think, no. really, is the yeah. waste, you know? It's the time of year when we buy more, so that's when you're going to do your posh shops, you'll mm-hmm. go to your M&S if you can afford it, or your yeah. white drawers, and you buy, you know, your fancy nuts, yeah. and your, you know, your very rich <laughs> chocolate pudding that you've seen on the M&S advert. Um, and obviously that's not for everybody, but it's that one time of year when actually mm-hmm. we make a concerted effort to eat ourselves and drink ourselves silly, yeah. which I definitely partake in. I've never really considered the waste that comes along with it. Yeah, definitely. So now that we have some of the facts, we're already probably a bit concerned. Let's talk a little bit about the concept of gift giving itself. And Mac is going to talk us through how that works, though in our culture and also in different cultures. Well, I went down a bit of a Wikipedia rabbit hole. As you do. Love a bit of wiki. So I looked up, I wanted to understand, like we did in our first episode about periods, I wanted to understand the objectives behind gift giving. I looked up the definition of gift giving. It said, mm 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 So the first thing to consider is that gifts and presents are meant to be given without expectation or payment or anything in return. 
And I just thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. that that came up in the definition because there's a real conflict there, I think. Definitely. The, I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone ever really feels like that, <laughs> that, you know, they're giving it genuinely just out of the goodness of their hearts. Exactly. And there's, yeah, it just seems really contradictory and we're kind of failing if that's the idea. It's a broken idea that it's meant to be given without expectation. That certainly doesn't happen. And without feeling that you need to do anything in return mm-hmm. or it's not as a, as a payment for having already done something. I don't know. But then I also kind of, as I do, go down this rabbit hole and there was a lot of other things that came up about it. So gift giving sustains has been found in sort of all kinds of different research areas that it sustains social relations and actually has a huge impact on social cohesion. So yeah. I can't really advocate for let's end all gift giving because it's actually part of the very fabric of society. Oh, I'd like to. <laughs> I forgot to mention how much of a Scrooge I'm going to sound. This is why she loves the film. <laughs> Because I am Michael Caine's character. <laughs> it just, it's Caine. so hard to not sound incredibly negative when talking about gift giving because it's so inbuilt into people's mm-hmm. psyche, I guess. Yeah. But part of this social our social relationship, so it is important, but we can all consider how we do this in a different way. Yeah. Anyway, the intention behind gift giving is it's supposed to make the receiver feel better. So the person that you're giving that to, it's supposed to reflect a variety of different things so, or themes. So it could be for forgiveness, kindness gratitude charity love friendship solidarity never given a gift for solidarity before want to let's be honest could be a sharing of wealth to offset some misfortune it might be through giving travel souvenirs or just through custom like you give a gift Mm -hmm. through a particular like custom that you have so those customs can be birthdays christmas uh, easter eid Hanukkah, Diwali, weddings, anniversaries, funerals, I wasn't aware of, but I guess flowers and things, the birth of a child, a baby shower, retirement, congratulations, housewarming, Mother's Day, and that doesn't even get us into the world of like promotional gifts no, at work. The list just goes on. Yeah, exactly. And it, this is the rabbit hole I'm talking about. There's, there's just so many reasons to give gifts and so many occasions to give gifts. And actually, there's a lot of um, psychology behind what we're doing. So then I started looking into gifts in other cultures. I don't know if you know any anything about other cultures and gift giving, because I didn't. No, no, I don't really. Um, I found this really interesting. I knew that in China they don't necessarily give material gifts that often, but I've seen before, actually it's appeared on adverts and stuff, that they give money in, mm-hmm. in red envelopes and you generally try to give yeah, the no, same I have, amount I back have and kind of seen that on the TV. But there's a lot of like cultural ideas between, behind how you give gifts. So in Japan, it's polite to offer or receive a gift using both of your hands. And it's customary to wait until later when the giver is not present to open the gift. And they place a lot of importance on the wrapping, mm-hmm. which is another thing we'll talk about some more later. In China, like as well as giving and receiving these envelopes of money, they tend to refuse a gift two or three times before finally accepting it. Okay. And that's to expre- express sort of modesty. So there's rules behind the exchange. Let's see. Yeah, some of my friends in the US, this is just sort of anecdotally, have mentioned that they enjoy Thanksgiving as celebratory time the mm-hmm. most because there's no expectation of gifts. They feel less pressure. And then in Native America... The gift gifting etiquette is the exact opposite of any other culture. So traditionally okay. during weddings and celebrations, it's actually the guests that would receive gifts rather okay. than giving them to the people say that the event is for. Well, good for them. Yeah. Having spent lots of money on a wedding, uh, I'm not sure I'd want to be giving gifts to my guests <laughs> that I just paid £100 a head for. <laughs> but good for them. Interesting. Yeah, and in Zimbabwe, I found uh, it's not uncommon to be directly asked for a gift. And the worst thing you can do is to refuse the offering. Even if a family is starving, if they offer you a gift, it's a huge like gesture and it's extremely rude to turn it down. 
yeah, so I found some interesting stuff out about the exchange. Yeah. And I just think, as when, when we started talking that we were going to do this podcast about Christmas and gift giving, actually, I didn't understand the complexity of no. how much we could look into this. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting that there's, I guess, social structures around gift giving. There's obviously different cultures and the fact in, I guess, our culture mm-hmm. or... I think it might depend on kind of your background or how you've grown up. I feel a lot of pressure to give gifts to show people that I care about them. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely fallen a little bit into the rabbit hole before of, you know, spending money that I don't have. Yeah. Or using kind of like accounts that I have like credit on. Like I'll be I'll be honest, like that that I have done that. But I've also then seen growing up family members and other people who can't afford these big Christmases for their Mm -hmm. families, but actually have to take out loans because they feel that pressure that if I'm not, if I can't afford to give lots of gifts, buy lots of nice food, then actually I'm ruining Mm -hmm. Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we talk about Christmas spirit and the joy of Christmas. We can kind of, you know, joke a little bit or use kind of sceptical comments that it's really commercialised or that it's very Americanised. But actually I think it's a lot more deep-rooted than that yeah definitely definitely and actually I think I've tapped into that a little bit with my friends and family so basically like four years ago when we started trying to reduce our Mm -hmm. consumption uh, we realized that a major part of how we end up with more stuff that we don't necessarily need or thinking about the energy and the transportation that goes into everything we realized how much we get given gifts or get things from other people in a variety of different ways and so we had to we've had to actively ask people not to do that anymore Mm -hmm. so at Christmas I send an email out to all of my friends and family and let them know that I'm not going to be buying any gifts or any cards and then I let them know which charity I've chosen for that year to give my what I would have spent on Christmas presents um I would give that to charity instead I'm so fortunate that I have really great friends and family who've totally got on board with that and I'm really appreciative to them because it's that in other what we found the most difficult has not been Christmas where you'd expect that it's this big gift giving mm-hmm. thing it's if we have people over for dinner yeah yeah it's just this strange thing of it's you, all you're doing is inviting someone over for a meal but people feel this overwhelming desire or need to need I guess to bring something with them and yeah, contribute in some true. way but when people ask in advance can we bring anything we're completely honest and say no no we've got the drinks we've got dessert you know we've got everything we need honestly just be delighted to see yeah. you it's absolutely fine you don't need to bring anything there's like a weird custom i think in the uk mm-hmm. that in the past people have said that but not really meant yes. it maybe it's not uk specific either no i think that's very true so i guess two things on that point one is my departure from kind of doing a lot of the gift giving so my family uh my father's side of the family last year we managed to buy into doing a proper secret santa nice. with a reasonable limit so 50 pound with the idea that you either say the things that you like or that you give specifics like i gave specifics and some of them was like my like a keep cap and i needed new elbow pads for rolled up so like things that i genuinely needed awesome which is great and that was the first year however i was that was my idea and then i started the whole trying to refuse gifts from others who didn't want to do that and i actually really I don't know, it kind of really, really weirdly upset me. And maybe that's because I'm like a superficial, like spoiled person who like loves receiving gifts. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. No, no. But it did feel, or maybe it's like a departure from your childhood that yeah. you associate with receiving lots of gifts. So I did struggle with it a bit, but I was determined to do it. Which is so interesting that it was a struggle though. There's yeah. something so deep rooted in all of us that you make people happy by giving them gifts. Yeah. But we see it all the time in movies and things like 
a lot of the time people give gifts instead of actually spending their time with you so we yeah. always try to focus more on spending time with people and being in contact with people because in the end they're the memories and the things that are more exactly. important than the material stuff but actually it can make you feel quite unhappy to remove that giving of stuff because we're so used to doing exactly it. and now this year I feel completely different like it's I've managed to uh, persuade my mother's side of the family to do it as well nice well the five out of six of us are doing it which is is really great so even though I'll probably buy, uh, get some things for kind of our my older family members and that sort of stuff in my kind of sort of immediate family instead of getting presents for 10 I'm getting presents for two yeah which I think is a massive reduction in what I would have previously bought and actually a lot of those members of the family because I maybe don't know some of them so well because I don't spend lots of time with them I would buy things that kind of I thought were cute and nice but probably weren't necessary presents so like you know fluffy socks or yeah yeah that that sort of thing yeah so what you're doing is reducing potential waste reducing unwanted gifts and reducing your own stress because that period of time of buying generic gifts for people that you don't know that well actually takes up a lot of time yeah. and thought and energy at a time when we should be enjoying ourselves and exactly. spending more time with one another yeah and then I the second point which is I guess the kind of the more entertaining one about people saying that they don't want gifts but that they really do just say what you um, mean so my poor mother obviously seems to feature in two out of three of our podcasts but she is definitely one of those persons and it's maybe because to her kind of uh you know you can talk about like what's your love language sort of thing is mm. it like affection or is it gift giving there's probably lots of other things I don't mm. know much about it but I think gift giving is definitely hers yeah and there was definitely occasion where she was like oh you don't have to buy me anything it's fine it was for like a mother's day or something not even christmas and so we didn't buy her anything and the response was well he could have bought me a box of chocolates <laughs> and i was like but you said you didn't want anything say what you mean fury exactly um and it's funny and obviously i'd probably never make that mistake again <laughs> but uh, yeah so it was just yeah i was so would be yeah upfront about if they want something or not exactly exactly and there's something about trying to seem well-mannered by saying no no of course i'm modest i don't need a gift and then there's still that that's what i'm saying about the definition of like no expectation of receiving anything back that's not true like at all but that's also interesting that you said about the elderly like older members of your family and stuff where everybody's different in how they feel about gifts and i've definitely had like elderly friends and elderly family members who feel would feel genuinely so upset to not get the chance to offer mm-hmm. something that and, and that's bringing them joy you wouldn't want to deny everybody's different basically is what i'm trying to say and like it obviously depends on the relationships you have with yeah. people so that's interesting too yeah no it definitely is yeah it's just being able to cater for different people mm-hmm. and i think yeah so if you're kind of interested in maybe kind of having less less gifts or not just I guess make sure that you're really on board with that so that you're not yeah. as my husband if I was to say to him or oh, I don't want absolutely anything for Christmas even if it was like an experience or an activity if I said no like he'd be like is it a trap like is it a trap if I don't get you anything yeah like, <laughs> what will the repercussions be and I don't know what the repercussions would be uh luckily we've never had to find out what they would be but if they do, then I, I will surely let our listeners know. <laughs> and the take-home message for us then is say what you mean. If you say you don't want gifts, then you can't hold people to ransom if you then don't get they don't get you something. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But actually, I think it's quite an interesting concept. So we've talked a bit about being upfront and honest, being on the same page, and also how kind of our older family members or elder, even elderly relatives and friends feel quite differently. And I, I actually, thinking about it, think this tends to come from this bit of a vicious circle where parents really struggle to provide kind of an amazing Christmas for their children. You know, some parents can afford it, that's great, but some can't. And then it becomes this whole culture of having the biggest and best Christmas. 
It's enormous pressure. I know. And like, you know, you see things on social media where a family has, you know, one or two or even more children and there's entire sofas worth of presents that are wrapped up and it's like becomes this competition. So, you know, you have to give your child like 30, 40 items on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, I, there's no judgment here. I just feel so, there's so much judgment already amongst my friends who are, are parents and, and they feel so judged. And that's not what we're trying to say. It's just, it must be so hard and we all keep succumbing to the pressure. So it ends up this vicious cycle. Exactly, because once that your parent has, uh, maybe they could afford it, as we said, but maybe they couldn't afford it. So have they had to take a loan out to be able to provide that Christmas? And so when they get a bit old and they think, actually, I, I work really hard for my children to provide for them at Christmas. So actually, I want a really nice gift at Christmas or I want a Christmas card with tons of glitter on it. Um, <laughs> they feel entitled to it. And I, I totally understand that. But then we as adult children of those of those people feel that we need to do the same so that we need to buy them gifts and then if we decide to have children we want to follow and do the same for them and I actually I just want to say to people like stop being dicks to each other (laughs) I mean stop judging the parent down the road the parent in the school gates kind of your friends and family members for how much they're buying their children for Christmas like actually one thing it's none of your business Mm. and uh and two it's putting a lot of pressure on the people who who can't afford it exactly and I think really it just makes us all consider from any perspective like parent or not that what's the purpose of these gifts like Mm -hmm. what are we actually is this achieving what we wanted to achieve and I think actually going off that a little bit this definition of gift giving is this idea that the receiver the person who gets the gift feels better as a result Mm -hmm. but I found having asked people not to give me gifts it's really a lot about the other person feeling better through doing that through offering something it's about your own I want to feel good by giving a gift but when I say I don't want anything and people still then give me something I as the receiver don't feel happy about it because I didn't want anything in the first place but the other person still feels okay even though they've not yeah so it's this like weird contradictory thing so this is why I guess yeah especially for parents who are in this enormous area of judgment let's all like start considering what's actually the purpose behind this gift are there other ways like you say this love language are there other ways that we can show our thanks and gratitude and solidarity beyond buying more and more stuff yeah and break the vicious cycle of this kind of gift giving commercialized culture yeah and I guess the other thing is if you're gonna do this and ask people tell people I'm not gonna be buying gifts anymore please don't get me anything there is a that there's a conversation required in order for this to work everyone needs to be on the same page so I've as I said like been really lucky that my friends and family have taken on board what I've asked but it does involve a conversation you can't just stop buying gifts you have to kind of ask people to step back or do things differently which can be really hard and sometimes not possible you might want to keep buying those gifts or have family members that have already mentioned that it means a lot to them and yeah. so you don't want to alienate or isolate or not make them feel very good mm-hmm. in your like vindication to be to be better towards the planet <laughs> well maybe Mac does I don't know <laughs> we've established as our resident Scrooge yeah um, but yeah that just might not be practical okay so let's talk a little bit about decorations at Christmas and packaging I will talk to you a bit about decorations or the trimmings as we call it in Wales so I might say that we're putting putting the Christmas trimmings up or that we're trimming the Christmas tree and I always end up having to uh, tell my English friends and colleagues uh, what that actually means I've never heard of that before no with decorations then there's a few things to just think about firstly I would say try and avoid anything with glitter 
Yeah, good one. If something is covered in glitter, despite what other products that that it's made out of, whether they're degradable or not, the glitter will mean that more in most cases it mm-hmm. can't be disposed of in any other way than going to landfill okay. or to the incinerator. Yeah. So if you can avoid glitter at all costs, then that will be a good decision. Uh, next is Christmas trees. So there's a few different ways you can purchase a Christmas tree for the holiday season. And they all have, I guess, different environmental implications. One of the things that I would have loved to have been able to do, which unfortunately I didn't have a company that did that in my local area, was be able to buy a potted Christmas tree that you could return at the end of Christmas. Oh, nice. I heard about this last year, yeah. Yeah, so they're essentially uh, tree farms or garden nurseries that grow Christmas trees in a pot and then people can hire them essentially and then you can return them and then they'll be maintained for the rest of the year. It's so cute. It's probably not a very cheap option, so not possible for everybody, but it, it does mean that there's literally no waste mm-hmm. uh, from that Christmas tree. Effectively, you could rent this exact same tree the following year then. But, yeah, quite possibly. Nice. If you lived somewhere where you had the garden space and uh, kind of lots of people maybe listening who live in cities probably won't, but you could also have your own potted Christmas tree that you kept in the garden all year round and then brought inside for cute. Christmas. Failing that, the two kind of mainstream options are either you buy a real tree every single year or you have an artificial tree that you use year after year. And I think it can be a bit confusing to know like what, what's to do for the best. Uh, I was under the impression that getting a real Christmas tree was the way to go, that you know it could be broken down into wood chipping and recycled by your local council. But unfortunately, my husband was just not having it he wasn't into having a Christmas tree we had a whole debate about it in the middle of a Christmas tree farm in a garden centre with a reindeer (laughs) an actual reindeer and uh, we ended up having to buy an artificial Christmas tree but having done some research it's quite interesting and I'm very pleased to say that you can reduce your carbon impact by having an artificial Christmas tree for at least nine years. Okay, nice. My mum and dad have had theirs for longer than I've been born, so 36 years. Oh, well, that's great. They're in carbon deficit then. Yeah. Uh, Because if you can essentially, if you buy a Christmas tree that's real every single year for nine years, the carbon footprint will still be the same, same equivalent to a Christmas tree that you've had for nine years that's artificial. Okay. And then the idea would be that either you donate it after you've finished using it, or unfortunately, it does mean that once you do dispose of it it is going to end up in landfill and that is a problem but you have reduced your carbon footprint by investing in an item that you can use over and over again nice and i guess you've just got to consider if you get an artificial one where are you going to store it during the year because i guess some people might end up buying them getting overexcited with the christmas period and then find there's nowhere for it to fit especially like like me living in a one bedroom flat mm-hmm. there's nowhere else for stuff like that to go for the rest of the year yeah. and then the temptation is to want to get rid of it because there's nowhere for it to stay for Absolutely. 11 months of the year yeah yeah i think that's a really good point i had that problem myself i wasn't able to uh, store our christmas tree before we moved and it's something ridiculous like seven foot i've already said i love christmas <laughs> and uh, it's ended up being in my hallway for kind of six months which wasn't ideal but now I have somewhere to store it so I persevered um, and kind of kept the Christmas tree and I think we were going to talk a little bit about packaging Mm -hmm. um yeah it's easy to get into the world of everything looking really pretty in wrapping paper and that makes sense but like we say glitter would be the massive no-no on any wrapping paper I think there are more and more wrapping paper products available that might have the forestry stewardship council 
uh, logo on that's not the right title but they plant a tree or two trees for every tree that they take down and then is that logo it's kind of like small with kind of a tree on it it's like yeah black or gray or something like yeah that, right? i'll have to see if i can find a link yeah. to it actually and put that in the bio there'll also be there are does seem to be more and more wrapping papers that are recyclable they're mm-hmm. clearly labeled that they can be recycled but i don't use wrapping paper now so it's hard for me to know what's available but generally speaking i mean if you can put something in a reusable bag wrap something up in fabric we did a competition five years ago in oh, uh, my partner's family of who can come up with the most interesting reusable way of wrapping it actually makes it more interesting and it's you can still be really creative there's a japanese style of wrapping things in fabric that's really pretty I can't remember what it's called. It an F or something. Yeah, like it's really beautiful. So you can still have, because I understand it's like a whole movement to have really pretty mm-hmm. like gift wrap, but there are other ways that you can yeah. do these things. Like, for example, uh, Lesh, I don't know if they still do them, but they always used to do the scarves that you could get kind of your oh, bath yeah. bombs and things in. And I actually have one of them scarves uh, as a kind of a little cover top to my uh, sort of little puffy that has a kind of a tray for our drinks and stuff. Oh, nice. So you managed to use it year after year. Lovely. Yeah, so, and I think one of the main points to talk about with regards to packaging is if you are using paper packaging, this is kind of a hard one to do if it's not paper that you already own, but generally, if you can scrunch the paper and it holds its shape, then it will be able to go through the recycling breakdown process. Um, whereas if it doesn't hold its shape when you scrunch it, then unfortunately it's likely to go to one landfill um, or to be incinerated. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I guess my concern is that if local authorities like collection of waste m- mistakes it for being the non-recyclable kind or doesn't have a method to find that out, things could end up being put in the recycling bin mm-hmm. that should be able to be recycled but doesn't end up there i don't know it might, my, in my mind it's best to just ignore it altogether and try other options to be on the safe side and because the the sheer level of paper that's used for just to decorate and then within a few seconds is sort of its life is over it's quite upsetting to me it's quite you know just use as little of it as possible yeah. or try other options that can be equally as beautiful yeah i t- totally accept that point but also do acknowledge that you know some people love yeah you know the presentation of a, of a beautiful mm-hmm. gift and uh something that's in a lovely box that's got bows you know i've done it myself before where i've labored over beautiful wrapping and beautiful bows and where i've received some presents where it's just been rolled in sellotape <laughs> So getting kind of a happy medium between those is that if gift wrapping is your thing, maybe you need to think about the gift that you're buying mm-hmm. or, you know, does it need to be a gift? Could it be uh, something else, which will which we'll make some suggestions in our kind of top tips at the end? I don't know what I'm yeah. trying to say, but really like <laughs> don't buy a rubbish gift that nobody wants and then wrap it in really beautiful wrapping paper. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. So kind of, I was entering into the Scrooge world again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, get something that's meaningful, that's wanted and then if the thing that you kind of need to do is wrap it beautifully i mean that's mm. that's kind of the lesser evil mm-hmm. possibly yeah possibly I yeah just i see what you're saying of, i see what you're saying trying yeah. to cater for all audiences yeah. here <laughs> not just yeah. the you know scrooges <laughs> yeah. and i guess the only other thing to consider is when you're buying these gifts like if there's an option to buy it buy a version that's more sustainable uh the soil association has approved as organic that the forestry council have said is um come from a sustainable forest that is wrapped in less packaging where possible go down those avenues and if you are doing a big shop in a shopping center to get a number of your gifts there's always the debate between getting things delivered whereby they're doing one journey with Mm -hmm. lots of things versus the amount of packaging you're going to end up with if you end up ordering all of your gifts online so it's just to kind of consider that Yeah. yeah I think that's a really good point and on that just very quickly don't get too 
caught up in the all these holiday sales so you know we've got this whole black friday thing which is on amazon it's come over from america and uh, i just like to add that black friday does not mean that in some communities in for example in the valleys it's the friday before christmas where everyone goes out and gets really drunk <laughs> it's the same in the northeast uh so really we should have copyright of that over the uk and this black friday nonsense for shopping deals <laughs> is uh not where i'm about However, back to my actual point, you don't have to buy things just because they say they're on offer. So for example, there is a website, which I will get the link to in the bio, I can't remember what it's called now, where you can track the price of an item. Okay. So if you are looking to buy online or you are looking for the best deal, you might want to have a look at the times of year where that price has been different. So it might seem like you've got 50% off it now, but actually it could be priced that. It was even cheaper earlier. Yeah, or it's priced that somewhere else. And something I try to do is that if I'm in a store, um, because I do order a lot online, I'll admit and I, I would try and maybe like look online to see if it's a considerable price difference so mm -hmm. if the price is quite the same then I'll be like look I'm here I've made the journey to town or town centre or wherever I am and I'll pick up the item but if there's a considerable price difference then I am likely to order yeah. it online yeah <laughs> We are going to quickfire through our final tips to have an environmentally conscious holiday season. Okay, so I think we mentioned earlier Secret Santa. It's always a nice way to reduce gifts. Yes. So that's an easy one. It's an easy one. Just make sure you're doing it with a reasonable price limit and you're getting things for people that they actually want so when you're that person signed up to the secret santa on whatever website you might be using if you are tell people what you want don't just let them you know conjure things in their mind because that's when you'll end up with rubbish mm -hmm. true and then consumables like things you can eat and drink tend to go down well but i'd say avoid sort of weird jams and chutneys and odd alcoholic drinks that people don't use yeah, <laughs> and they just sit in their cupboards forever and on the point of food i think try to consider portion sizes we talked at the very start about how much waste there is for kind of turkeys, Brussels sprout, mince pies. And I know the temptation is to, to go out there and buy everything you can to feed your family uh, and friends. But just think about it. So, for example, if nobody in your house really likes Brussels sprouts, just don't buy them. Or buy like a small <laughs> packet. Like don't put everyone through the misery and then just throw it out in the bin afterwards. There's, there's really no need for that. As an aside note, a really good Jamie Oliver recipe for sprouts has you chopping them up with garlic and frying them with smoked bacon. So if you do like them, <laughs> I'd recommend. <laughs> but yes, keep your portion size down. Like if you don't eat all of the turkey, for example, uh, the leg, meat, etc., just buy a crown yeah. of turkey yeah. that you can eat the whole thing and not have any leftovers. Yeah, it's easy to fall into the trap. The shops are only shut for one day mm -hmm. and everyone like bulk buys in this fear that they're not going to have enough yes. for everyone. Like eight pints of milk. Yeah, we eight all, pints of milk for two days. We all end up going back out again a couple of days later. So we, I'm going to try this year and not panic. Um, I tend to think that vouchers are still a really good gift, mm -hmm. even though I think they tend to get a reputation of potentially not putting as much thought into them. But it can, if it's a specific voucher, you know, and you know that person's going to use it to get something they actually need, I think that's still quite a beautiful gift. I agree. Uh, we've also talked about uh, maybe activities and experiences. So if you can do something with a loved one as opposed to buying them an item or an object, that's a good way to do it. On the point of activities and experiences, one of my friends, Amy, who's an avid listener of the show... Oh, hello, Amy. ...told me about what she's decided to do this year. And what she has asked her family and friends to do is, instead of buying her a gift, she's asked them to spend that money on doing something special for themselves, whether it's take them themselves for a day out to a spa or for an afternoon tea, or to buy them a gift that they really want. And all she's asked for in return is a letter 
that they can send to her to tell them how much they've enjoyed spending that money on themselves. I'm absolutely sitting with my mouth wide open. That is amazing. Wow. What a lovely idea. I know. It just, yeah, makes me feel really, like, emotional. It's, like, a heartwarming, you know, type of things that Christmas should be about. Yeah, and that's actually taking the definition of present. You know, it's all about the person that you're giving it to. That seems to sit right, doesn't it? That seems to have the the idea of what festive festive season's all about. Exactly, and I think it's the one time when maybe I do feel comfortable about the fact that it can make both parties feel warm and fuzzy. Exactly, exactly. That's really nice. And then actually, a couple of my friends have opened pensions for their children on their first birthdays and like started email accounts for their children and emailed them photos in case like anything happens to the drives and things where they save them and like open bank accounts and put money in them i know it means playing the long game Mm -hmm. um, and it's not as gratifying as that initial moment when children open gifts but you know when they're eight i still remember well i only really remember the the things the big things like that that people have done for me when i was a kid when i turned 18 and 25 and stuff and ended up getting Mm -hmm. sort of little lumps of money like that means so much more than I can't really remember a lot of other gifts. Yeah. Like when we had to think of a gift that we, the worst gift we've had, my mind went blank. So actually how memorable are these things at the end of the day? Yeah. Uh, thinking of some others. So we've got, um, we mentioned about donating to charity. So uh, do that yourself instead of buying Christmas cards, for example, just sack off Christmas cards altogether. <laughs> uh, Christmas cards as a whole. That's a generational thing, I'm sure. Yeah, like, I, I get drawn in sometimes because I absolutely love stationery. And then I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Put them back on the shelves. Nobody needs these. I just think it's quite funny that it turns into, like, that's a competitive thing. It was when I was growing up of, like, oh, we didn't get a card from so-and-so this year. <laughs> you don't speak to them all year. No. Like, this isn't the way that you maintain friendships. Well, at least we haven't got full American. and yeah. you know, Which is nothing wrong with that, but, you know, having our pic- family picture done. <laughs> oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> Although, yeah, me and Chris have definitely talked about trying to superimpose ourselves in front of like a fire in we'll some awful eggs. jumpers that's different i'd accept that card <laughs> that could be coming to a mailbox near you soon <laughs> okay something that i think is quite an entertaining one and i can't even remember where i read this but don't recycle things or put things in the bin when you're drunk <laughs> so if you've had a few too many baileys on christmas day don't put things in the bin when you're not quite sure, you're a bit muddled, you're a bit bleary-eyed, you've had too much turkey. Try and just put it on the counter for the next day and then you can sort your rubbish and your recycling. That is awesome. That's hilarious. Have you got any more specific tips? I would say my last one is that you could get a bit crafty. Oh, nice, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I'd had an operation. I was kind of like sofa-bound watching all those delightfully awful Christmas films that I mentioned. I learned to arm knit. So I spent a lot of time arm knitting scarves for family members. Awesome. And it was good because obviously it's made out of natural fibres and uh, I didn't really have to spend much money. And also I did some things like some bath salts. And there's tons of ideas on things like Pinterest and YouTube. And yes, us millennials get mocked for learning everything off YouTube. But uh, I had some very happy family members receive uh, scarves from me that year. That's awesome. Yeah, and I guess my biggest type, kind of takeaway message or tip or thing to think about is, you know, when you give a gift, you're su- like when you receive a gift, you're supposed to be grateful like for the effort that someone's gone to to get you that gift, to, to think of you, to wrap it up, whatever. But actually, I think we can all be grateful for the effort that's gone into growing the materials or mm-hmm. and harvesting those materials and 
transporting that stuff and the energy used to create it into whatever it is and that's the whole point isn't it is thinking that every gift we have is thoughtful in that way mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah that yeah. makes sense and uh, you know ties in quite quite a bit to kind of our previous episode where we we're talking about trying to own things that you don't think that are, that are not throwaway mm-hmm. that you know you want to hold on to that you want to look after that will last a long time exactly so it's kind of we've gone full circle the responsible stewardship of gifting like, yeah, yeah exactly okay well i hope that was useful yeah, uh, with the holiday season approaching, uh, I hope that it's given you some really practical tips that you can use to live a more environmentally mindful holiday season. Yeah, and just enjoy one another's company, say beautiful words to one another. There's lots of ways that you can share your love mm-hmm. with your friends and family over the festive season beyond sort of just giving gifts. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Bye! Bye.